Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 hey thanks for listening to the town hall review with hugh hewitt our podcast is sponsored by alliance defending freedom adf provides help at no cost to those whose liberty is being violated but they can't do it without your help call 800-691-8969 that's 800-691-8969 or visit townhallreview.com I'm joined by Robert C. O'Brien, the president's national security advisor. Of course, he runs the National Security Council and advises the president on the options coming to his desk from the agencies around the government. He's also an old friend of mine and a former law partner, and I always disclose that. Good morning, Robert. Welcome back to the program. Good morning. It was impressive to hear that French at the uh, outset of your show, Hugh. Well, I know. I do a little bit of that every day. Uh, yeah, Mr. Uh, Mr. O'Brien, you have a piece in the Wall Street Journal, Seven Fateful Coronavirus Decisions, which I wish to talk about in detail. But first, a couple of breaking news headlines. There are news reports that Kim Jong-un has been in surgery and is brain dead. Uh, should we watch that space? Care to confirm or deny that? Well, I think it's always important to watch what's happening in North Korea. It's been a uh, foreign policy uh, a national security issue for successive administrations for many, many years. We're keeping a close eye. We're watching the same reports that, that you're seeing, and uh, uh, we'll, we'll continue to monitor uh, developments in North Korea, but, but we'll, we'll watch developments around the world, whether it's Venezuela or Iran or Afghanistan. Uh, we're keeping an eye on our, our uh, foes and adversaries and uh, making sure that America is safe during this virus. Now, look, I'm an old friend. Can you at least give me a nod? Yeah, pay close attention or nod? Don't pay too much attention? Look, it's hard to know when you've got a country that's as, as closed up as North Korea. The, the, many people refer to it as the Hermit Kingdom. So, again, we're keeping a close eye on things, and uh, we'll have to see. Look, we've had a number of world leaders affected by health issues, uh, our friends like Boris Johnson and, and others. Uh, so we're watching these things during this uh, virus, and, and we're going to make sure that America is safe, whether it's a, an issue emanating from North Korea or Iran or uh, China or anywhere else in the world. We're, we're on the watchtower keeping a... Uh, a keen eye out for the American people. Second pressing issue, there's a new government in Israel this morning. It is committed to annexing portions of the West Bank pursuant to President Trump's uh, peace plan as crafted by Jared Kushner and others after July 20th. Will the administration support that move even if it is unilateral? Well, I think what we're supporting is the the vision, the president's vision for peace, uh, which is one of the, it's the first comprehensive vision for peace that I think the United States has ever put out. In the past, there have been frameworks and principles and one-pagers. This is a very comprehensive roadmap for peace. It's a, a once-in-a-lifetime, once-in-a-generation opportunity for the Palestinians to get their own state. Uh, the president calls for a two-state solution. So uh, we're supporting the peace plan. We're going to be uh, engaging with the, the new Israeli government. We're glad to see that there's another government there. And congratulations to uh, my friend Prime Minister uh, Netanyahu on uh, uh, retaining his, his position, at least for the next 18 months. And uh, We'll work very closely with the the Israelis. It was it, like it was courageous for uh, for General Gantz as well to uh, uh, to join in that coalition government. So we think now that uh, Israel has a, a a fully formed, stable coalition government, the chances for peace have gone up. So we welcome that as a positive development. 
Now, uh, minutes ago, the World Health Organization spokesperson said, this is literally minutes ago, all available evidence suggests that the virus had an animal origin and is not manipulated or constructed virus in a lab or somewhere else. Uh, it it uh, said it's a, it is probable, likely, that the virus is of animal origin. Do you have a response to the WHO spokeswoman? Well, the problem with the WHO uh, is that they've, lo- they, they've lost all credibility uh, during this crisis. And, and it's not like the WHO has been a highly credible organization for many years. Uh, the United States spends over half a billion dollars uh, on the WHO. China spends about $40 million on the, on the WHO, about one-tenth of what the U.S. spends. And yet the WHO has become a tool of Chinese propaganda and you'll recall back on January 14th, uh, the WHO assured us that there was no human-to-human transmission of this virus uh, well into the, uh, uh, the public health crisis in China. That turned out to be utterly false. Uh, in February, the WHO criticized uh, travel restrictions that were being placed on uh, travel from China and other hot spots, not just by the U.S., but by other countries. That turned out to be uh, totally, you know, uh, improper advice and and has been rejected by public health professionals and and just on march 11th uh, the who came out with non-medical advice and said that uh, the the communist party of china's reaction to uh, the virus has been an amazing achievement in containing it and and now we have uh, the virus in at least 184 countries so if that's an amazing achievement uh, you know, I don't know what it is. So we've got a real credibility problem with the WHO. We're working with our friends and allies to see if it can be reformed. Uh, but, but one thing we will do, even though we've suspended funding, we're going to make sure that the, the taxpayer dollars of, uh, of hardworking Americans that they want to see help our friends and, and partners and, and folks around the world who need it, we're going to make sure those, those dollars get delivered directly to countries, directly to non-governmental organizations, uh, the, the Red Cross places that are that are fighting this disease on the front line, uh, but uh, unfortunately the WHO has just lost credibility at this point, and and they're you know instead of stopping, you know when you hit rock bottom you stop digging, but the WHO today apparently uh, is going to keep digging. As far as the, the w- goes, uh, the burden's really on the Chinese to come forward and uh, with real evidence about where this uh, uh, virus uh, developed. The Chinese have. Uh, the whistleblowers have disappeared. The media has been kicked out. Uh, offers to send CDC and other Western uh, experts to come look into the issue have been rejected by the Chinese. So the burden's really on the Chinese to let us know how this uh, virus developed. We'll, we'll have to watch and see what they do. The WHO statement this morning is not inconsistent with the assumption that the virus escaped from the Wuhan lab. It isn't. It is actually the sort of spin that one expects from a face uh, saving gesture by the WHO. It's a Pravda-like spin from the old days of the Soviet Union. Is there any reason to believe that it did not escape from the lab, Ambassador O'Brien? Well, look, there, there, are, there are two labs in Wuhan. Uh, there's the wet markets. And, and look, the, the burden is on the Chinese. I mean, there are already lawsuits that have been filed, I understand, uh, in the U.S. I think there are other governments that are looking into establishing liability against the Chinese for for this, now, whether it came from the labs or it came from the wet markets, I mean, neither one of those is a good story, right? I mean, this, these these wet markets are are just horrific, with the the exotic animals being eaten and consumed on premises, and bats being sold and put into soup. And uh, you know, the, we we've had we've had at least four viruses now that have come out of China uh, since the uh, uh, the turn of the century. Since since 2000, we've had. Uh, this this what the Chinese called the Wuhan pneumonia and is now being referred to as a coronavirus. We had SARS, 
Uh, we had the H1N1 uh, swine flu. Uh, you know, this this is a uh, they've had the avian flu. I mean, the, the, we keep having these plagues unleashed uh, on the world from China. It's very expensive, and whether they're coming from the wet markets or lab or some other place, we need to get to the bottom of it. China needs to open up to public health professionals who can come in and, and, and work on this to make sure it doesn't happen again. Now, your seven fateful coronavirus decisions chronicle the president's key actions. I want to go to one of them in particular. But the president two nights ago interrupted Dr. Birx to say, does anyone believe the numbers out of China and Iran? The obvious answer is no. But what is the order of magnitude of their understatement for those two countries, Ambassador O'Brien, of death in China and Iran? Is it 100 percent? Is it 500 percent? Is it 1,000 percent? Look, it's, it's just hard to know with both those countries. This is the problem when you have authoritarian regimes or dictatorships that don't allow a free press. Uh, early on in this crisis, uh, China kicked out Wall Street Journal, New York Times, and other reporters uh, who were covering the crisis. The whistleblowers uh, have all disappeared uh, from Wuhan, the brave doctors who are fighting this virus on the front lines in China. Uh, so you just don't know. I read uh, uh, you know, in public sources yesterday that the, the numbers in China and uh, alone or 15x, you know, so a, an order of an order and a half of magnitude higher than what's being reported. Uh, Do you think that's reliable? Is 15x a reliable number? You know, we, look again. We just don't know. I've said this from the outset uh, in press conferences and otherwise. When folks ask, we don't know. But I contrast it with a, 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 another uh, government made up of, of uh, Chinese people in Taiwan, uh, where there's been a, uh, a very open and transparent response, and we've got a lot of, of good, you know, a high, a high degree of faith in the numbers that come out of Taiwan. We've got very good uh, transparent numbers coming out of Singapore. Uh, so if you contrast China to other Asian countries that have a free press and that uh, are committed to transparency, uh, there's just a big difference. So it's, it's hard to know. It's, it, we just can't say what's actually happening in China. But let, let's get to your Wall Street Journal editorial, Seven Fateful Coronavirus Decisions. I have pushed it out. People need to read it. I want to focus on the president's travel restriction order of January 31st. And the next day, Joe Biden criticizing the president's xenophobia and fear-mongering. Is there any doubt in your mind, was there any doubt among the coronavirus task force and everyone in the White House that that xenophobic comment, that fear-mongering comment, was directed at the president's order? Well, it, it clearly was. And I think the same day or a day after uh, Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, came out with a, a bill saying ban the bans uh, to try and stop the president from being able to exercise his executive authority to protect the American people. Uh, but my, the point here is I don't want to bash the Democrats on this. I mean, everyone's, uh, you know, we hope everybody's acting in good faith. They're great, great Americans, Democrat governors who are fighting this on the front line. Uh, but it, but it, it, what I was pointing out is that these decisions took courage. I mean, we knew that the travel ban was going to create economic disruption and displacement for the American people. That, that was be hard for the president to do. But it, at every turn, he put people first and put American health first. And, and, you know, I think other politicians should do the same and not question the president's motives. I think every American should read seven fateful coronavirus decisions in the Wall Street Journal this morning. Ambassador O'Brien, great to speak with you as always. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Hugh Hewitt for townhall.com. President Trump continues to lead an effective counterattack against the coronavirus pandemic. The economic ruin is vast. 
But a V-shaped recovery seems possible if congressional Democrats will move as quickly as Trump has. Small businesses and not-for-profits have been clamoring for replenishment of the Paycheck Protection Program. By blocking additional funding over this past weekend, House Speaker Pelosi and Senate Minority Leader Schumer forfeited their right to be taken seriously as tribunes for the middle class or blue-collar workers. The Democratic blue bubble is thick, and the air within it turns out to be a heck of a drug. Cable TV talking heads and left-wing Twitter seem to believe with deep conviction that COVID-19's human carnage and the economic ruin will be blamed on the president. But the American people see an administration on the offensive, determined to beat the virus and restart the U.S. economy as soon as it is safe to do so. I'm Hugh Hewitt. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu.